Welcome to It's a Good Life, the podcast for entrepreneurs, where it's all about growing yourself and your business. Before we begin, I want to remind you about our ad-free option. Go to It's a Good Life on the Apple Podcast app. You'll see a banner under the logo to remove ads and unlock early access to episodes. It's just five bucks a month, and there's even a free trial. Either way, continue listening to It's a Good Life, and here's our man, Brian Buffini. Top of the morning to you, and welcome to It's a Good Life. Today's episode is entitled, It's Time for a 180. Have you ever set a goal and not made any progress? Have you ever set the same goal many times only to give up in frustration? These are the goals our business coaches refer to as the bogged down goals. It's like your car is stuck in the mud. The wheels are just spinning and every time you put your foot on the gas, you're just burning energy and going nowhere. You know, when we're coaching someone in a spot like this, the goal, if it's important enough to the client, we'll revisit that with them and then we tell our clients, hey, look, now might be the time for a 180. Webster's Dictionary defines a 180 as a complete change of direction. And I'm going to share with you today the three strategies that has helped our coaches coach thousands and thousands of people do a 180 in their business and in their life, maybe in their finances, maybe in their health, and make progress in areas that they used to be stuck in. So there's three points as always, and here they are. First, where are you bogged down? Second, what needs to change? And then third, what a 180 actually takes. So let's dive right in. Where are you bogged down is our first major point. So the first thing we have to do is identify the areas we're bogged down in. Identify the areas. If you've ever seen Buffini and Company, our logo is the five circles, which represent spiritual, family and relationships, business, or perhaps a person's career, your financial life, and then your personal life, which can be your physical and emotional well-being. So we cover all the key areas. So where do you bog down? What I've found in my experience is that one area that is actually at the very bottom, if you're, you're at like what we call survival in one area, it affects all others. So for example, let's say the finances are the area you're bogged down in. You're in a lot of debt. You got problems paying your bills. There's a lot of financial insecurity. And we talk about spiritual and family and your career, mental and physical well-being. That financial area you're bogged down in affects them all. It affects your outlook spiritually for sure. Now, it might improve your prayer life because you're desperate, but it affects your outlook. How does being broke or having major financial concerns impact your family and relationships? Well, according to America's divorce attorneys, finances are actually the number one leading cause of divorce. Now, on further review, we know that's not the case. It's just that you can't avoid talking about money and it becomes a very divisive thing. And oftentimes people were raised in different environments and have different approaches to how they handle money. So let's say you got that one area. It'll change your physical and mental well-being. It could make you depressed and down mentally, which might have you eating bad or not feeling like working out. So the fact of the matter is when you're bogged down in one area, you're bogged down in all. And so that's why we need to make sure that we're moving along in these different areas. And it's like, oh, you could be the, let's say someone is a workout fiend, but they've neglected their career eventually that career is going to have an impact on every area of a person's life. And if it doesn't change the workouts, it probably means someone's escaping to that. So the fact of the matter is, these areas we bog down are important. They're the anchors. They're the weights on our balloon. 
They're the string that's tied on our kite. They hold us down. Maybe, for example, you've hit a plateau in your sails and you feel bogged down. Maybe it's weight loss and you're bogged down in that. You know, maybe it's some past disappointments that have affected your confidence in psychology. I'm going to tell you a true story of me being bogged down. It's, I'll share other areas that I struggle in, but this is a good metaphor. So for most of my life, I wasn't a car guy. I'm a house guy. I like great houses. I like great views. And that's always been what I really like. But I somehow got into cars and um, for about five years had a Maserati, big Maserati, whatever the biggest one, Quattro, whatever it was, and turbo this and turbo that. Anyway, it's a nice car. I just enjoy driving. I like the sound of it. So I like the feel of a lot of power under the hood. And I, I started getting into it. So I was looking at a piece of real estate with my contractor, Serbian guy, Momo Churchik. And Momo and I have been great friends for 25 years, done maybe 100 projects together. So we're looking at this very expensive piece of real estate in Rancho Santa Fe, big, big lot. You know, it doesn't rain in Southern California, but when it does, it pours. So we drive up this, it's an undeveloped piece of land, great view, but we drive up kind of this dirt road to this plateau. And the plateau, I'd been up there a couple of times while it had gotten muddy. So sure enough, uh, I park, I get out, I see there's a lot of mud on the ground, water around, sanding water. Mo pulls up behind me in the truck. So we walk around and we spend about an hour looking at the property with the architects and all the different stuff. The realtors are there and they're all excited to try to make a sale. So as we're getting ready to go, what had happened is the Maserati is a heavy car. It had sunk down in the mud. So when I get into the car and I turn the key, uh, sure enough, the back wheels start spinning. And the more I put the power on, I was going nowhere. And a lot of people can relate to that because that's what a bogged down goal is, which is you have the power, you know where you want to go, you put your foot on the gas, but nothing happens. And you're just spinning your wheels. Well, I physically had this happen. This is how I handled it. It might not be how you handle it. So we call for a tow truck and they go, oh, it's a Maserati and we got to pass you off to this guy. Oh, we got to send the long bed. It's going to be two hours. Now, I value time more than I do almost anything else. So what did I do? I took off my jacket. Mo took off his sweat top. We draped him over the back of the car and Mo put his bumper into the back of my bumper and he pushed me out of the mud. So sure enough, we didn't wait two hours. We got out of there. Now, by the way, can you imagine the realtors standing there looking at this mega million dollar deal and the fellow who's thinking about buying is getting pushed by a truck? It was hilarious. And very, very, I actually have video of it. It's pretty funny. And yes, it left a scratch on the bumper for sure. Took a chip off the paint. Now, I didn't get it fixed. People say, oh, you get your bumper fixed. Number one, I liked the reminder of keeping it there. And it was both fun, memory, and a cautionary tale. Plan ahead, Brian. Just plan ahead. Make sure you take your time, plan ahead. I didn't regret what not waiting for the tow truck because that's, that's not me. And again, maybe someone's, they're able to be more patient and so on and so forth. But that visual image I have of a very powerful car that's a turbo with a giant engine that could go zero to 60 in two seconds and all these kinds of things. And I used to be able to, you know, I'd start and I'd bring people, friends or the kids or whatever else in the car and do a quick start on the light or whatever. They'd love it. Big roar. All that power, all that force, nothing, stuck in the mud. And that's how some of you feel right now. Maybe in your business, maybe in your finance, maybe in your marriage, maybe with your kids, maybe with your health, maybe with your weight loss, whatever it is, you're spinning your wheels. So we need to identify the areas that we are, and that's a very important first step. The next thing is make a list of everything you've tried. 
Well, one thing for me is I went from being an athlete to a non-athlete with an event in my life called a motorcycle accident. I had rods and screws put in my leg. I had 13 surgeries, had gangrene, all this kind of stuff. And it took 13 surgeries over the course of two years. It put me in a ton of debt, put me in a bad space. And I've never been the same since physically. Now, I, it's always been a struggle since then. It was never a struggle up to that. And so my struggle is always, I have to fight it. I work out all the time, but sometimes I eat better than others. Sometimes I travel a lot, whatever it is. And so one of the things in doing this exercise, before I'm asking you to do this exercise, I say, okay, anytime I get stuck in the area of my own physical well-being, what is, are all the things I've tried? And I, you get to see the patterns. And the patterns are, they tend to be, I start off fast, I'll do some new program, and then when I start not seeing progress, I get a little discouraged or distracted. And so, okay, that's the path. And I was telling Beverly the other day, we're working out super hard, and she's like, hey, you seem fairly encouraged. Uh, And I said, yep, I'm not making any progress, but I'm just going to keep doing the right thing, and I feel good doing the right thing. And so that's because I've repeatedly made these mistakes, okay? So we have to take a look at it. If you're bogged down, you have to make a move forward. If you make a list of everything you've tried, you know, Churchill said, if, you've, if you're going through hell, keep going. Thomas Edison said, our greatest weakness lies in giving up. The most certain way to succeed is always to just try one more time. And we've always heard the story of Thomas Edison and the light bulb and all that kind of good stuff. Earl Nightingale, that this studio is named after, says, all you need is the plan, the roadmap, and the courage to keep going on to your destination. The plan is a goals with the activities, with the budget, with the time commitments, with the priorities. That's what our coaches are doing with people every day of the week, helping build those plans. And then you need courage. And in order to have courage, you need encouragement. You need to be listening to podcasts and taking training programs and doing coaching and have accountability partners and find birds of a feather that you can flock together, doing those kinds of things. And then the third aspect of being bogged down is understanding the two whys. The first why is, why have you not prevailed? And the second one is, why do you need to? So the two whys. Why have you not prevailed? Again, what are the patterns of things that you've gotten repeatedly stuck with? Goals you've gotten bogged down in. Progress you just haven't made. Not able to break through. What are the patterns around that? Next thing is, what's your philosophy? We often call that the mindset piece around here. But that philosophy... What is your attitude towards those things? So you have your patterns, your philosophy, your attitudes. And then another thing is your environment. It could be your environment growing up, what were your parents and neighbors and culture you're in? What was their attitude towards things? And what about the environment you're in now? What's that attitude towards? So we want to know why we haven't prevailed. And then we really need to get into why do we need to? Why do we need to? And uh, when you get into the whys, that's the more powerful stuff. So for whatever reason... For me, working out and getting in shape, just looking better has never, whatever reason, has never motivated me at all. When I worked out hard, it was because I was playing sports and I was winning and I wanted to be the fittest guy or the fastest guy. I wanted to be able to hit the hardest. Um, I wanted to win championships. So I had great motivation. And for whatever reason, for me, I, I just don't get motivated by how I look. And I have vanity in other areas, I'm sure of it, but it's just not something I'm motivated by. And it's kind of unfortunate. And some of you are, and some of you may feel cursed by it. I think it's a good thing. But why do I need to? As for me, it's about getting in shape. Is It's not about looking better in a suit or on a podcast or whatever else. It's I want to be more vibrant. 
I want to be vibrant for my wife, for my kids, my grandkids. I want to live a more vibrant life. I want to have great energy. And then also, I really love what I do. I love this. I love our events. I love being the chairman of the board of Buffini Company and the impact we have all over the world. And uh, I need to be fit and healthy to do that. And uh, whatever fit and healthy looks like at the stage of life I'm in. And so I have to find a much deeper why. And when I keep those whys in my mind and in front of my face, then it's easier to not stuff my face or it's easier to get out of bed at six in the morning and go do the workouts at Rico. So a good thing to do. So where do you bog down? Identify those areas, make a list of everything you've tried, and then understand the two whys. Next, what needs to change? First, I would say is our mindsets, right? This is the philosophy. Jim Rohn, and I mention him all the time. If you've never heard him or looked him up, I mean, go on YouTube. Everything he has now is on YouTube. Uh, but it's Jim Rohn, R-O-H-N. I know in America, there's a sports guy named Jim Rome, like the city in Italy. No, this is, this is stuff that really help you. And Jim Rohn's the greatest. And he was my greatest mentor in the personal growth and development space. His dedication was he was called America's foremost business philosopher. And he helped shape people's thinking. And as they changed their thinking, their actions changed, and then their results changed. And he helped an awful lot of people, and yours truly is one of them. But one of the things I could tell you is take a look at where you're struggling. If you made a list of where you're bogged down, you made a list of goals that you've repeatedly set and haven't made any progress on, or outcomes that you're not enjoying. You're in debt, you owe tax money, you're heavy, you've got some goofed up relationships, uh, your business is struggling, whatever. Identify those things and then say the following statement as you read them. My best thinking got me here. My best thinking got me here. You know, you made all kinds of decisions. You were trying to not make bad decisions, but your best decisions got you here. So what it means is, and again, all of us are a cup short. That's my friend Bob Bodine. We all need somebody. We all need help. We all need input. Nobody comes out of the womb fully compact, has everything they need, could live on a desert island, and they're great for the rest of their life. It's just, that's not how human beings are made. Nowhere is there any evidence of that in recorded human history. We all need something. And so our mindset is often something we need to shift. In fact, Stanford University did a powerful study that said shifting your mindset can improve your health, decrease stress, and help you overcome life's challenges. Well, who doesn't want to do that? Carol Dweck said the hallmark of successful people is that they're always stretching themselves to learn new things. And again, Mr. Churchill said, to improve is to change, and to be perfect is to change often. So one of the things we need to change is our mindset. And I'll talk to you about how you can do that in a minute. Next uh, is your attitude. My attitude, your attitude. If you think you can, you think you can't, you're right. Oprah Winfrey said the greatest discovery of all time is that a person can change his or her future by merely changing their attitude. I mean, how great is that? That we can change our attitude. I actually did a podcast on this. It was... uh, very, very well received. It was uh, second season when we changed into It's a Good Life, and it's called Change Your Thoughts, Change Your Life, and it's episode 38. And I'm going to give you a number of podcasts to listen to today, and and I'll tell you why in a minute, because ultimately we're going to teach you a process that is a scientifically proven process called the immersion method, and the more of this good stuff you put in your head, the more it will change things. So we need to change our attitude. We know that. And then our habits. And again, I did a podcast on this Years ago, uh, it was when it was called The Brian Buffini Show, and it's episode 182 called Breaking Bad. And it's all about how to break bad habits. We all know we have them. In fact, a recent report in Entrepreneur Magazine said 
of the time our goals don't lead to a change in behavior. So they're not realized. If you want to achieve your dreams, you need to start by changing your habits. Jack Canfield said, your habits will determine your future. Jack was the co-author of the Chicken Soup for the Soul series. Steve Jobs uh, said, in the first 30 years of your life, you make your habits. For the last 30 years of your life, your habits make you. And Gandhi said, your habits become your values and your values become your destiny. So quite a range of people were quoting there who all are aware of what happens with habits. So we know we've been bogged down. We've set goals. We've tried to reach goals. We didn't get where we wanted to go. We have some struggles in life right now. We make a list of all the things we've tried. And then we figure out the two whys. Why have I not prevailed? And why do I need to? And now we're equipped with that. Then it's what needs to change. What needs to change? And the first thing is our mindset. Also our philosophy, you want to call it that. Second is our attitude. And then third is our habits. We are what we repeatedly do. And then lastly, and the big place to land this whole thing today, is what a 180 takes. Okay? It's not a simple thing. Change is hard. You know, my mother used to say, the only person who likes change is a baby with a wet nappy. That'd be for Americans, that'd be a wet diaper. We want change, but we don't like change. In fact, most people want to change their circumstances, but don't want to change themselves. That's the truth of it. I would like to be rich, but I don't want to do the things that rich people do to become rich. I'd like to be fit and healthy, but I don't want to do the things that healthy people do to be fit and healthy. I'd like to have a great marriage, but I'm not willing or haven't been willing to do the things that people who have a great marriage do. I'd like to have great kids. All the above. Every area of your life. And so what a 180 takes. Well, the first thing, believe it or not, is a Popeye moment. Now, in the referral system, we teach to Popeye. Bring a little gift to your best clients and things like that. This is Popeye, the cartoon character. Ack, 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 ack. Popeye was actually the number one cartoon in the world for decades. People all think about Mickey Mouse, but Popeye was the man. And every episode of Popeye was the same, right? So Popeye was this kind of skin and bones little sailor. He had this uh, love interest, olive oil. Man, she was a real looker. And then there was the villain, Brutus. Big, giant dude. Usually had a striped sweatshirt. And uh, Brutus would often be knocking the tar out of Popeye. Brutus would steal olive oil all the time. He would take his girl, he would take his boat, he would do all kinds of terrible things to him. And then in every single episode of the cartoon Popeye, Popeye reaches that point where he's gone from bogged down to frustrated to just, that's it, that's it. And he would say the following phrase, that's all I can stands, I can't stands no more. That's all I can stands, I can't stands no more. When I hear somebody get to that place in their life, I go, uh-oh, we got something now. We got something now. That's all I can stands, I can't stands no more. And you've seen this happen where the person who lost 120 pounds, the person who went from bankrupt to being a millionaire, the person who uh, went from being totally sedentary to a triathlete. That's all I can stands, I can't stands no more. Maybe for you, it's you're running your own business and you're just, you've had one jackass of a customer too many. And you go, that's it. Now, that's it doesn't mean I'm quitting the business. It means that's all I can stand. I can't stand no more. I'm going to build a business where I am awash with great and grateful clients. I am going to be awash with the kind of people who deserve what I bring to the marketplace. 
I'm going to be awash with a business I love, with people I love, because I can't stand another one of these. I actually had an experience like this myself, only mine was different. Mine was different. I was a, I was a young realtor, fired up, and uh, had served a number of people in my church, and they were all big advocates. So a young lady who was recently widowed, she was widowed at 26, she came up to me and talked to me at church. Hey, Brian, she's a really quiet, kind of shy lady. And um, a couple of people in the church told me, you're someone I should talk to about real estate. Well, I didn't want to give off the impression that I was soliciting business at church, or that's the reason I was going, right? So it's kind of my fear. So what happened was I said, okay, yeah, I'll follow up with you. Well, something happened, and whatever reason, I forgot. And the following Sunday, I saw her, and I was, oh my gosh, I was mortified. And I said, you know what? I'm terribly sorry I didn't get in touch with you this week. I, didn't, I just didn't want to be talking business with you at church. And she says, oh, that's okay. I actually bought a place this week. And I was kind of like a little bit sick. But I said, okay, fair enough. Then what I find out is that this lady is hooked up with the person that is just the worst realtor in town who treats her like crap and who's all about herself and the transaction's a nightmare. And I ended up having to get involved to salvage this transaction with this young lady and work all kinds of hours to get it done and not get paid for it. And I remember having a Popeye moment, like, that's all I can stand. I can't stand no more. I'm no longer going to be shy about my business, okay? And I'm going to stop worrying about what people think or whatever else, being a people pleaser or whatever. It's like, hey, I am not going to lose out on that type of client again, and I'm not going to have that kind of mess again because of me. I'm going to let people know I'm excited about their business I'm excited about their referrals. I'm going to promote my business. And no matter what context somebody's talking to me, I'm going to be excited to talk to them about business and get back to them quickly. And that was my Popeye moment. Maybe you've had a Popeye moment. Maybe you need a Popeye moment. I had another Popeye moment when I was in the business a couple of years, and it was the first time I ever went to a seminar on setting goals. And when I started to set goals, I'd gotten to a point where I was really dealing with some frustration and I didn't know if my business was going to make it. I was actually put in an application to drive the super shuttle at night to take people to the airport and do my real estate business during the day. I had a wife and a couple of kids, and it just wasn't flowing for me. And then I went to a seminar on goal setting, and I wrote out 25 goals. And I remember reminding myself, kind of like I'd come from a team that had won a national championship, and every time we took the field, we expected to win. And, and it was wild. And I think about these guys all the time that were on that team in Outlands College. And I just remember being in the Delmar Hilton and having tears stream down my face because I was like, what's happened to me? I used to be a person that pursued a goal and thought I was going to win, and I used to win. And that Popeye moment led me to writing 25 goals. And I never forget, and Beverly talks about this all the time, because this is 30-some years ago. But I wrote 25 goals, and I knocked 19 of them off in 30 days. And I unleashed myself because I had that Popeye moment, right? So Jim Rohn says, if you don't like how things are, change it. You're not a tree. And so you just got to go. The second application there, what it takes is a complete immersion. So after you have your Popeye moment, it's about immersion. Now I want you to picture yourself going down into a swimming pool and completely immersing yourself. What do most people do? They stick their toe in the water to see what temperature it is. I'm talking about jump in. Les Brown says, you got to be willing to go all out. I'm talking about completely immerse yourself. So if you want to lose weight and get fit, you need to be listening to weight loss stuff, exercise stuff. You need to be buying gym gear. You need to be going to the gym. You need to surround yourself with gym people. 
You need to talk to people who are eating healthy, go to lunch with people who eat healthy, see what they do. You need to completely immerse yourself. And what it means is just stop what you were doing and start doing something else. And that's why we have a bunch of these podcasts for you. In fact, there's an episode called The Immersion Method where I teach on this, and it's in season one, it's episode 300. But it's really about immersing yourself and whatever. If it's business, immerse yourself in business. Uh, My oldest son right now, he's really gotten into investing. Everywhere I turn around, he's reading investment books and listening to investment podcasts. Immerse yourself. Turn off the news, turn off the entertainment, turn off the music. Immerse yourself. We have a bunch of podcasts for you today to immerse yourself into. And that's what we've given you. Breaking Bad, The Immersion Method, Don't Go It Alone, uh, Change Your Thoughts, Change Your Life. These are the episodes we want you to follow up with with this podcast. Lastly, what it takes for a 180 is accountability. Either an accountability partner, some tracking, some training, a coach. Uh, Bob Proctor says, accountability is the glue that ties commitment to the result. Steve Maraboli says, wisdom stems from personal accountability. And I say we always do better with a coach. And for those of you who are going alone, check out the It's a Good Life website and go in there and get a free business consultation and see if the consultant there can help you or direct you either with us or someone else or somewhere else to get you the help you need. So what's it take? A Popeye moment, a complete immersion and accountability. And so again, I've mentioned a bunch of podcasts on this episode for you. Listen to them. Go on to itsagoodlife.com. Start downloading a bunch of those episodes. Uh, Start scrolling through Apple and seeing all the past episodes we've done. Turn your car into a mobile classroom. Turn off the news. Turn off the noise. Turn off your negative relatives. Turn off your own negative self-talk. Immerse yourself with content. Immerse yourself with winners in the area you want to win. Find accountability partners. Look for a coach and go for it. And go for it. You know why? Because when you make a 180 in one area of your life, one time, it sticks with you the rest of your life. And then you'll always be able to say, I did it before, I can do it again. And that's what we hope for you. We want you to no longer be stuck in the mud, bogged down, burning energy, going nowhere. There's an opportunity here to make some choices. Find out where you're bogged down. Identify what needs to change and then do what it takes. The Popeye moment, the immersion, and the accountability. Hope this has been helpful for you today. I love doing this stuff for you. Give us your feedback. Send us your reviews. Let us know what you'd like to hear more of. If you found value in this episode today, send it to your friends. Share it with them. Maybe you got a friend who's bogged down and this will be just what they need today. Thanks for joining me today. I'm going to send you over to my mother, Therese, for a wonderful Irish blessing so you can do a 180. May the road rise up to meet you and may the wind always be at your back. May the rain fall soft upon your fields and the sun shine warm upon your face. And until we meet again, may God hold you in the hollow of his hand. See you next time. 